Hey there, everybody, and welcome to Good Orderly Direction, Practical Tools of the Bible. Today, we're talking about understanding God or Good Orderly Direction. I'm your host, Dr. Donnelly Snipes. Love binds us all. All humans need love. God is love. At least that's what the Bible teaches us. So what does that mean? The Bible teaches us how to act in a loving way and provides us good orderly direction or God. Even if you don't believe in a higher power, explore the stories in the Bible to find the lesson. What is this trying to teach me and how can it help me live a more abundant life? Now remember, abundance is a concept of having enough to meet our needs. It doesn't mean we're necessarily going to have everything to meet our wants. But when we have an abundance mentality, we can feel calm and secure in the notion that we have enough. Some of the things that the Bible teaches us are can be summarized in the mnemonic perfects. Love is prudent. Prudence is a combination of wisdom and patience. So when people are loving, they are aware, they are knowledgeable, they are wise to what's going on. They're in their wise mind, as Linehan would say. And they're patient. You may know something, you may know how to do something, but it may not be the right time. And we talked about that, for example, in the story of the flood. We need to be prudent, not only in our actions and interactions with others, but also in our actions and interactions with ourself. Acting wisely, acting in our wise mind and patiently with ourselves, recognizing that change doesn't happen overnight, we are going to make mistakes, etc. E stands for enjoying blessings in life in the moment. If we always focus on what we don't have or what's going wrong, life's not going to be very enjoyable. It's not going to be very pleasant and that's going to drain our energy so we can't be there for other people. It also, when you're in that negative mindset, negative headspace, it can also repel people so you don't get the love that you need. It's important to enjoy what you have. That doesn't mean ignore the bad. It means embrace the dialectics. R stands for being respectful of myself and others. You get a theme here, myself and others. We need to respect ourselves, our thoughts, our wants, our needs, and the thoughts, wants, and needs of other people. It doesn't mean we're always going to agree, but we need to learn how to set boundaries to and, and be assertive to say, these are my thoughts and wants and needs, and they are just as important as your thoughts, wants, and needs. F stands for giving, for forgiving of myself and others. And forgiving others may be easier than forgiving ourselves sometimes, but either way, forgiveness does not come easy to us humans. And one of the reasons for that is that we are afraid. We hold on to that anger because we're afraid we're going to be hurt again. We're afraid we're going to disappoint ourselves again if we're forgiving ourselves. When we are forgiving, it doesn't mean saying, oh, it's okay, forget about it. It means saying, 
that happened. It was unfortunate at the very least. And I don't want it to happen again. I'm going to learn from it, but I'm not going to keep sending my energy there. I'm not going to keep dwelling on it and wasting my energy being angry over something I can't change. I'm going to use that energy to learn from it and prevent it from happening again. To learn from it and become a better person. If, for example, we're talking about guilt. Earnestness in all endeavors. Earnestness means being mindful and dedicated in everything that you do. If you are an earnest worker, you go to work and you are not multitasking, playing on Facebook and searching for other jobs and doing whatever. When you go to work, you work. When you are at home, you focus on earnestly doing what you are supposed to do or what you want to be doing at home. When we are earnest in what we do, it shows that we have integrity. And when people see us as a person of integrity, they are more likely to trust us, more likely to be willing to help us. C stands for compassionate or kind to, guess what, myself and others. It's important to be compassionate with yourself because not every day is an A day. You can't be on all the time. Sometimes you need time to rest and recharge. Sometimes you need to forgive yourself. Sometimes you need to look at things and go, all right, you made a mistake. Now, what can you do to fix it or to not make that mistake again? Being compassionate goes a long way. A lot of times we're compassionate with others. We may make excuses for things that they did, or we may see other reasons and not blame them for being bad people. We may see that they made a bad choice for a particular reason. That's compassion. And we need to give that to ourselves as well as others. When we are compassionate, when we are kind, then people recognize that we will help them meet their needs and they see when we're compassionate with ourselves, we're modeling good behavior. We're showing other people how to take care of themselves. Truthful with myself and others. Now we can be mindful. We can be aware of what's going on. But being truthful means really pulling back that screen and going, okay, what is going on? Not lying to ourselves and saying, I'm fine. Being honest with ourselves and saying, you know, I'm having a really bad day or I really want or need this. It doesn't mean we're necessarily going to get it, but being truthful is the first step in removing some of those barriers so we can get more of our, more of our thoughts, wants, and needs met. Being truthful means being authentic with others. It's hard for others to love us when they don't know who we are, when we are a chameleon, when we are constantly just changing our, changing our shape to be whatever they want us to be. So being truthful means being authentic uh, with other people about our thoughts, wants, and needs and setting those boundaries. And again, that goes with assertiveness that says, this is what's going on with me right now. I'm being honest. I'm being truthful. I'm being authentic. 
When we act that way, we stand a much better chance of getting our needs met because we actually tell people, hey, this is what I need and give them the option instead of hoping that they're going to mind read. And finally, selflessness or being meek or humble. This doesn't mean being a doormat. It means being willing to share with others. It means recognizing that other people and other things have contributed to where we are today. You have parents that gave you life. You may not have the best relationship with them, but they gave you life. They contributed to bringing you on this planet. You may have had teachers or role models or mentors. Whenever people get Emmy awards or uh, whatever, a lot of times, uh, Heisman trophies, a lot of times they are um, grateful and meekly, humbly recognize all of the people that contributed to their success. When we do this, other people feel appreciated. And when people feel appreciated, they're more likely to help us out again. They're more likely to do more for us because they know they're not being taken for granted. What is the impact of behaving lovingly or following this good orderly direction? Well, when we act lovingly toward others, they often respond in kind and we can also feel good about ourselves. Even if they don't reciprocate, we can look in the mirror and say, I did the right thing. When we act lovingly toward ourselves, we ensure that we have the energy and the health that will allow us to contribute to the universe and help others. If we let ourselves get run down, if we constantly, um, beat ourselves up for things that we think we quote should have done we're going to create a situation where we're exhausted we're depressed we feel guilty our self-esteem's in the crapper and then we're no good to anybody when we act lovingly toward ourselves, we build ourselves up it doesn't mean we're perfect it doesn't mean ignoring our flaws it means accept radically accepting them as part of who we are and then taking steps to improve what we can. In scripture, and, and I know I'm jumping ahead to, to uh, from where we're at in the, in the different lessons, but in 1 Corinthians 6, uh, Paul talks about your body being a temple given by God, and it's important to honor God by taking care of yourself. All right, so... If you believe in God, if you believe in a higher power, this one's pretty straightforward. If you are looking at it from the perspective of good orderly direction, recognizing that your body is what you use to interact with the world and good orderly direction brought you into this world, your parents either wanted to have a child or they got pregnant and decided to have a child, that brought you into this world. And we want to honor good orderly direction by taking care of ourselves. What can we do to make the most of this body, of this life that we have? 1 Corinthians 12 talks about how we are all part of one body. And this is something that is important for us to recognize that it wouldn't work 
the universe would not work if we all had the same exact talents and did the same exact things. And none of us knows how to do everything. Corinthians is pointing out that we are all important. The eye is important in the body. It's just as important as the ear. It's just as important as the skin. They all have different roles, but they are all vital to making the body whole and function. And when we act lovingly towards ourselves, we are recognizing that we are integral. We are crucial to the functioning of our society. We're crucial to the functioning of our family and that we need to take care of ourselves in order to be a well-functioning part. We don't want to be the broken machinery in the factory. We want to be, you know, a well-oiled functioning machine. Not everybody is going to follow good orderly direction. Not everybody is going to act lovingly. Let's just face it. That's the way it is. When others don't respond to us with love, it's okay to set healthy, loving boundaries. In Matthew 10, 14, um, Jesus tells the disciples, if anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, leave that home or town and shake the dust off your feet. He doesn't say try to convince them that they're wrong. He doesn't say change your beliefs because maybe you're wrong. He says, if you're following good orderly direction, if you are being um, prudent, enjoying life, being truthful and respectful and all those things we talked about, then you are following the righteous path. And if they don't want to join the path with you, that's okay. And it's not worth putting a whole bunch of energy, getting angry at other people for, for not changing because we want them to. They have the option. They have the ability to come back into the flock. The prodigal son teaches us about that. Good orderly direction means following the instructions to be a loving human being. That's as basic as it can get. When we are loving, we inspire love. We create communities where people want to to help one another well where people work together and exponentially increase their abundance good orderly direction merely means modeling godly loving behavior when our actions are guided by love and acceptance for ourselves our world and others instead of hate and anger and and how does it impact you physically? If you are filled with compassion and maybe even pity for people who are hurting, who are making the wrong choices, how does that impact you differently than if you were filled with hate and anger and resentment? How does it impact you physically when you are filled with compassion for yourself as opposed to guilt and resentment. And physically, when we hold on to hate and anger, it drains our energy, it impairs our sleep, it reduces our immunity, increases our pain. It makes it harder affectively to enjoy life if we're grumbly bumbly all the time. 
Cognitively, when we are angry, that means our fight or flight response is triggered. We're in fight or flight mode. That means we have adrenaline coursing through our system. That means we are not in our wise mind. So it's going to be harder to see the big picture. It's going to be harder to make wise decisions. It's going to be harder to problem solve when we are in that negative frame of mind. Environmentally, when our actions are guided by love and acceptance for ourselves, our world and others, it just makes the environment more pleasant. Even if somebody you work with, for example, is just a cantankerous, challenging person, viewing that person with love and compassion and pity as, a, as opposed to being angry with them for being such a unpleasant person to be around, how does that change your environment? How does it change your environment when you model compassion? Guess what? Other people probably start modeling it too, but that's just a little hint. And relationally, how does it improve your relationships? How does it free up energy to spend on the people who are going to love you back when you are guided by love and acceptance of yourself, your world, and others? When you love yourself, you demonstrate to people how you expect to be treated, how you feel you deserve to be treated. When you love others, it demonstrates to them that you are a, comparing, a caring, compassionate, loving human being who is going to help them, is going to synergize with them instead of try to knock them down. So good orderly direction strengthens our relationships. Stronger relationships with people means we have stronger connections with other parts of that body that form the community that we live in. Some basic scripture that helps you understand where I came up with the perfects mnemonic. 1 John 4, the person who doesn't love does not know God because God is love. If we're not loving, then we don't know good orderly direction. We don't know how to do the next right thing because good orderly direction, God, is love, is being loving. Galatians 5 talks about the fruits of the Spirit and this highlights what love, some of the characteristics of love. Fruits of the Spirit are love and compassion, joy, peace, patience, prudence, kindness, compassion, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Jesus have crucified the self with its passions and its desires. So those of us who belong to this body of love, this community of love, embrace these fruits or em em embrace these characteristics and they work together. Corinthians 13, 1 through 3. If I speak in the tongues of men or angels but don't have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. We can preach as much as we want. We can talk until we're blue in the face. But if we don't walk the walk, if we don't follow good orderly direction, then all we are is sort of a nuisance. I mean, how much 
credit do you put into people who say one thing and just constantly tell you what you should do but they're not doing it themselves if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all knowledge and if I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love then I am nothing so again if I have all this knowledge that's wonderful if I have a faith that things you know do good things good things will happen if I believe that that's wonderful but if I don't follow good orderly direction if I don't actually do it then we have nothing you've actually got to put it into practice you can't just sit there and think about it and hope that everything changes if I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but I do not have love I gain nothing compassion is great love encourages us to be compassionate but if we give too much to where we're burnt out we're run down we don't have anything left to give then we are no good it's like running that machine completely out of gas it's not able to do its job if we do this so that we can boast so that we can be a martyr and say oh look what I did for you that's not loving that's not meek that is doing something in or in order to get something in return that's not what love is love is doing something because it's the right thing to do not to get praise or recognition 1 Corinthians 13 goes on love is patient love is kind it does not envy it does not boast it is not proud it does not dishonor others it is not self-seeking or selfish it's not easily angered and it keeps no records of wrong love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth it always protects always trusts always hopes always perseveres love never fails and I think a lot of us are familiar with this passage but I encourage you to take it phrase by phrase and ask yourself does this describe me am I patient okay am I kind do I envy if I do you know maybe that's an area that I need to work on because envy is anger envy is anger at other people for having something that you want anger we've already pointed out does not work well with love instead of envy being happy for someone else's successes and maybe learning from them what you need to do in order to get what they have if that's something that's important to you love does not boast and it's not proud now that doesn't mean we can't have self-esteem it means we are humble in reflecting on what we have we recognize that not everybody has all the same things and we recognize that other people helped us get where we are so we don't sing the me 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 song we sing the thank everybody for helping me we sing sing the community song it's not easily angered and keeps no record of wrongs now I think a lot of us are guilty of this one 
So when we are loving, being loving encourages us to mind our temper, encourages us to learn how to recognize what makes us angry and to address it. And when we do feel threatened, when we do feel angry, not keeping a record of wrongs, but trying to learn from it and forgive. Love rejoices in the truth. Well, I think most of us like rejoice in the truth. When we behave this way, when we are loving, it protects us. When we are loving, remember prudence is part of love. It just doesn't mean blindly going out like a sheep into a den of wolves. It means being prudent in what we do, having wisdom. When we act prudently and meekly and truthfully and earnestly, it protects us. It creates a army, if you will, of people who want to help us, who want to encourage us, who want to help keep us safe. So love helps us amass that protective force around us. So even if someone who is not righteous is working against us, love protects us. It insulates us from the evil in the world. Love always trusts when we create an environment that's loving, we trust ourselves. We trust loving people in the world. And it helps us have hope. Even people who are not righteous, we can have hope that they can find their way back. Love can ha help us have hope that when we do the next right thing, good things will happen. Because generally, when you behave lovingly, kindly, and compassionately, Others want to help you. Others want to help you become more abundant. And love always perseveres. When we are loving, it's not, I'm, I'm going to love you today. I love you always. I might, may not like your behaviors. I may not like your choices. But I love you always.